0: Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Hey everyone, it's Sherry Stahl, host of the Soul H2O radio and podcast show. The one that will inspire you to get into the Bible and help you understand it. It's my goal to be relatable and authentically leave you refreshed as you listen to the Soul H2O devotion. I'm so excited you're here. This week features an interview with online Bible teacher turned author, Stephanie morales Bolio. I'll be talking about what a good dad looks like, and Stephanie will give us an incredible example of a good dad as she shares about her father. I'm excited to let you know that I'll be speaking at Brayside Camp in the beautiful Paris, Ontario for a week this July and then putting on a women's conference with The Goodness Project there this September 29th to 30th. Follow me on social media or join my subscriber list to keep up on all the details. Downloadable Soul H2O journal pages will help you dive deep into the teaching segment, and you can even use them for your personal devotions. Find them on today's show notes at soulh2o.com forward slash 146, along with information about our guest. So let's dive in to today's Soul H2O devotion and get refreshed. During his 2005 Baseball Hall of Fame induction speech, Wade Boggs said one of the most profound statements when thanking his father. He said, anyone can be a father, but it takes someone special to be a dad. I see this phrase played out in the relationship between Jesus and his father. They had such a close relationship that when Jesus was going through his most difficult time, burdened in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before his crucifixion, Mark 14, 36 tells us how Jesus cried out, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not I will, but what you will. Abba is the Aramaic term of endearment that is best translated into English as daddy. Daddy. In 2 Corinthians 6:18, God said, "For you and me to know, I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters. A relationship with God as your father shouldn't bring fear, but belonging and safety." Romans 8:15 says, "The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, God the Father, we cry, Abba, Father. You, my friend, can call God Abba just like Jesus did. God wants you to call him Daddy. In case you're not quite sure, it's okay to be that casual with God. Let me show you another verse telling us this and personalize Paul's words in Galatians 4, 6 for you because you are his child god has sent the spirit of his son into your heart prompting you to call out abba father too many people struggle to call god daddy and try to keep a distance from god under the guise of reverence but whenever we're not seeing god as a loving heavenly father when we could snuggle up on his lap and share our deepest pain and greatest joy with reveals how our view of god is marred. Damaged by culture, unmet expectations, church hurt, misunderstandings of the Bible, or most often, our view of God is damaged by our relationships with our earthly father or father figures. Roy Lesson, author and co-founder of Dayspring Cards says, the imprint of a father remains forever on the life of a child. I think the reason Jesus was able to call God the Father Abba because he was such a good, good father. At Jesus' baptism, Luke records how the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven saying, You are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Jesus didn't have to question whether or not his father loved him, if he approved of him, or if he believed in him. The father confirmed all these things in one sentence, more than some people get in a lifetime. When children grow up affirmed by their father and loved by them, it's easier to see God as daddy, a loving heavenly father. Psalm 103, 13 says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. But if your father has seldom shown compassion towards you, it's hard to live in the truth that God's nature is compassionate. Fathers hold great influence over our lives, and much of how we view God can be connected to our relationship with our Heavenly Father figures. But our vision of God needs to be what a good dad looks like.
1: Summer is here, and so is the message. My Joy Radio app is the perfect way to receive the Word of God. With 24-7 access to the Joy live stream, you can get the latest messages from the ministries you love, delivered to your smartphone, or download them for offline listening. Whether you're hosting a picnic or simply enjoying the fresh air, My Joy Radio app will be with you every step of the way. Download My Joy Radio app today, and let the warmth of the Word heat your summer. Joy Radio, wherever you are.
0: Stephanie Morales Boliu is a lover of God's word and shares that passion online, from the stage, in her living room, and anywhere else God opens the door. Through losing her dad and learning how to hold on to God's promises came a passion to see and make the truth accessible to those new to it, overwhelmed by it, or longing to be changed by it. Stephanie is a born communicator with contagious love and enthusiasm for Jesus. As a wife to Mike and Mama Four, she shares from her wealth of relatable stories that will inspire you to see everyday life through the lens of truth. She is authentic, funny, and I guarantee you after listening to this interview, you'll wish she you lived next door. Welcome to the Soul h Two O Radio and Podcast Show, Steph. Thanks so
1: much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah. Well, I can't believe it. It's a strange life for speakers. People don't realize this, but oftentimes you meet people once and you might never Mm -hmm. meet them again physically uh, Mm -hmm. in the same place. Mm -hmm. And you're from, you know, the opposite side of Canada. We got Mm -hmm. to meet through Ellen's Picks at a pottery studio, which is really crazy.
1: (laughs) It was. It was so fun. Um, Yeah, it feels like yesterday.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if Bo, you, my pottery turned out like the worst mug that has ever been made. Was yours artistic at all?
1: <laughs> uh, I wouldn't call that would be generous uh, to call it artistic, <laughs> but I still have it and I still use it. And when I see it, yes. I remember that fierce hearted weekend and getting mm-hmm. to meet all those wonderful women.
0: Yeah, and seriously, I loved getting to meet you. I immediately felt this connection. You're fun, Mm you're a girl who loves the word (laughs) like I do. (laughs) We talk lots about that. And so I'm hoping you can share, yeah, a Bible study tool or tip, something that you implement in your walk with the Lord that maybe will help someone else.
1: Yeah, I've always loved the word and, and, you know, I've read, you know, you read through it. And and this last time when I started... um, reading through the whole Bible um, and it worked out to be about a year and a half. And I started like a highlighting kind of system. And, you know, there's so many details and sometimes um, two things can happen. One, you can get kind of overwhelmed by the details or two, you cannot even notice them uh, because there's so many. Mm-hmm. And so I just mm-hmm. kind of picked like, you know, pink's like my who and blues, my um, my when and green's my where and orange is my what and yellow my why. And so going through it, um, and this this is not was not perfect by any means. There's sections of my Bible that have not been touched, but um, but the ones that I did, I just found that it helped me really to slow down and and pay attention to what is actually there. And as I did that and just noticed the details, you see a lot more uh, repetition. I noticed a lot more, like what's the significance of this place? Or oh, you know, this helps me to timeline Jesus's ministry or. Oh, I didn't notice that person was in this story, you know? So it's really helped me, uh, I would say, draw my attention to some of the details, which we know are, you know, inspired by God. So if they're in there, even if we don't know why they're there for a reason. And so it's really helped me to not um, skip over, you know, some of those details that might otherwise just kind of fall by the wayside. And, and I followed many a rabbit trails this year and just gotten to see like connections, you know, between physical places and people and a whole bunch of things that I had never seen before. So that's my uh, Really my cool. Tip.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. I actually, I started highlighting where women are in the Bible in purple. Mm. And that opened my mind up seeing, oh my goodness, I didn't realize, oh, that's talking. There's a woman there. There's a woman there. And it really opened it up. So I, yeah, yeah. So I like that. But I like your little system there. That's really good.
1: So, someone who likes to change her mind, I felt like I was locked in for the whole Bible. Yeah. You know, it's like I couldn't change. It's like, oh, I, you know, it's like you carve out the system and then you're, you know, it's like halfway through. You can't be like, okay, now I'm going to highlight all the women in magenta. You know, you got to. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you made it. Got to stick with it. Got to stick to it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Too funny. Um, Okay. And I would love you to share a Bible verse, something that, you know, is either a favorite verse or something that's encouraging
1: you lately. Yeah, uh, it's really short. I think it's actually the shortest uh, scripture in the whole Bible, John eleven thirty five, and it's Jesus wept. And at first I thought that's not a good verse to share on joy radio, <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> but one of the reasons, um, one of the reasons I love this verse, this short, punchy verse that's right there in the middle of this really miraculous story. It's right in the middle of the story of Lazarus dying and mm-hmm. Jesus doing this unbelievable miracle of raising him from the dead. And the reason I love it so much is because I think that sometimes, especially in, you know, faith circles, sometimes we skip, uh, we skip grieving and we skip the discomfort of leaning into hard emotions. And we're really quick to say things like, oh, it's okay because, you know, God's doing this or God's Mm -hmm. doing that. And as somebody who has a kind of optimistic leaning personality, I've done that even for myself a lot of, you know, something that's really hard and then kind of really leaning away and just not wanting to feel the grief or the loss. And so when I read this, I'm so encouraged that Jesus took the time to be moved by his friend's grief and not just to see it and to be moved by it, but to move into it with them. And I love it because he was about to quite literally raise Lazarus from the dead. And so I feel like he could have come in and been like, wipe your tears. It's all going to be okay. Just Mm -hmm. wait, you know, I'm going to do a miracle. And yet he took this time to be in it with them. And so that just really shows me the heart of God, the witness, you know, of God. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes when we feel maybe alone, or afraid of negative emotions, that God is just right there in the midst of them with us.
0: I love that he's our Emmanuel, God with us, not mm-hmm. just at Christmas, mm-hmm. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. through the grieving, Mm -hmm. through the joyful times, whatever it is. Yeah, I like how you said Mm -hmm. that, though, his withness. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, You recently published a book called Anything But Ordinary, Finding Faith That Works When Life Doesn't, which pretty Mm -hmm. much is a lot of the time.
1: (laughs) And I heard it won a big (laughs) award. It did. Yeah, I was just blown away. I got a call about a year ago that it had been selected as the nonfiction um, winner of the Braun book awards for mortal life press. So I was just blown away and, you know, was really like, how do I get this book over the finish line? And so when they called, I just burst into tears and I was like, Oh God, now more people are going to be able to find hope through this story. And it's actually going to get finished. And it was just a huge um, answer to prayer
0: yeah absolutely your book is powerful and i know it was inspired by your dad's too short journey to his death from als but i had there's so much to talk about it so people are gonna have to come back after the break where we can get into this incredible story of how god really helped you get through life when it wasn't working
1: Stephanie Morales you from episode 146, and my music pick song for the Soul H2O radio and podcast show is Joy in the Morning by Torrin Wells.
0: Everything happens for a reason.
1: Stay on top of our latest updates with our exclusive newsletter, Living Joyfully. Sign up now and never miss an announcement, a testimonial, or a devotion. Become a joyful insider when you join our newsletter by visiting joyradio.ca. Don't wait. Subscribe today.
0: Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O Podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. We're back from the break with Stephanie Morales-Bolio, author, speaker, and online encourager, talking about her book, Anything But Ordinary, Finding Faith That Works When Life Doesn't. Hey, Steph, um, we were just starting to talk about the journey that your family went on when your dad was diagnosed with ALS. And I know that's Mm -hmm. what really inspired your book. um, But it's incredibly not a book that leaves you sad. It's a story of God's grace in the midst of struggle. Mm -hmm. And I know it gives so much hope of that your life can make a difference no matter what. But I know there's like Mm -hmm. a whole lot of your story before your dad was diagnosed with ALS. And I'm just wondering Mm -hmm. if you could share a bit about what that was like, your relationship with your dad and family before ALS.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, my dad got saved when I was four months old. So I never really knew this pre-Jesus version of Jesse. And all I knew was that uh, my parents' faith was very real uh, to them, that they had been very dramatically changed by God. So that really um, just shaped, you know, my early ideas of God and what that was like. My dad was, um, he had immigrated from the Philippines in the 70s. He was a mechanic by trade. He was just, you know, by all earthly measures, just a really ordinary guy. Just always loved people. And when God encountered his life, when he was 37 years old, he just had a really kind of 180 degree turnaround and just really began to just walk really closely with the Lord. And then God called him into ministry. So we moved um, from British Columbia to Alberta when I was almost four years old. So he could go to seminary. So he was this like 40 year old mechanic who'd never really gone to post-secondary studying Greek and Hebrew and felt this call of <laughs> ministry. And he just kind of went, you know, just all in. And and then they kind of accidentally planted a church. Uh, it was a Bible study that kind of outgrew a living room. And he just loved to introduce people to Jesus, like his passion for the gospel never really um, got old, except for I wouldn't say old, but tired, maybe in the season when he was burned out and depressed, which is also in the book. Uh, but he was just a, a loving guy. He was kind to people he was he thought he thought he was so funny (laughs) he he, um you know he he, like the dad jokes where it was like funny to watch him think, think that he was funny so uh yeah just a really just a wonderful man um we were pretty close and um so kind of all of that had um been part of our journeys before we got the phone call that kind of changed everything
0: it's interesting because i've never met your dad but it sounds like you're describing mm-hmm. you. Oh. <laughs> it's very much the way you are. Yeah. Minus the dad jokes, but you are a funny yeah. <laughs> person. You're fun to be around with. You like to have fun. Yeah, so I, you. he would have been mm-hmm. an amazing man, I'm sure. So yeah, when, you know, that's the, the pre-diagnosis. So what were mm-hmm. the events surrounding your dad's diagnosis with ALS?
1: Yeah. Yeah, he had some, uh, at the time, seemingly sporadic, symptoms that of course we didn't realize were all connected until you know they became connected by this terrible news about ALS so he was experiencing weakness um, in a finger and he had a couple of times where he was speaking or sharing and just got really tongue-tied and he couldn't quite like just find words and then it kind of went away and so it was a lot of oh this is weird oh that was weird and then um, had been to you know the doctor a few times but there wasn't enough uh, symptoms that the doctor was able to kind of recognize until my mom was in for something else, and she mentioned the tongue tied kind of thing, and then she said, mm-hmm. "This is in the book." The doctor just said he just went white, and he said, "Have him come see me like tomorrow," and then he got him on a referral list um, for the neurologist. So we just had no idea what was coming. Um, thought maybe he had carpal tunnel or you know something from pulling wrenches for years, and so just had that expectation that the doctors will diagnose and they'll give him something. And he'll get better and we'll move on and so we just never really um, anticipated that all those symptoms would be connected in that way with that really mm-hmm. um, sad ending
0: yeah i know it is a very shocking diagnosis you and i have talked mm-hmm. about my brother-in-law mm-hmm. who's been diagnosed mm-hmm. and yeah. it, it takes the yeah. family by storm it takes you yeah. know it took my brother-in-law your father um, there's yep. just so many emotions surrounding it. But I know yep. for my brother-in-law and from for your dad, they both mm-hmm. have had such relationships with God that kept them through the time and all the struggles yep. that they faced or yep. are facing. Yeah. And yeah. I know your dad had a really crazy, life-changing, divine encounter
1: that helped him mm-hmm. throughout life. And I'm wondering if you can just share that. Yeah. So um, he, my mom got saved um, about 15 months before he did. And, and she just thought he'll never, ever get saved. You know, and I know there's a lot of women who relate to that, just thinking like, I can't save, you know, my husband and, and little does she know, God was at work in his life. He had a Christian coworker who prayed for him and who he would ask questions to. But the day, the actual day he got saved, he was driving um, home from Vancouver to Richmond and, Um, he was trying to get a hold of the pastor because he decided that was the day he was going to become a Christian. He had decided he was ready to give his life to God and he could not get a hold of the pastor. So on the way home, he he said, God, I don't know if you know me, but you know my wife, Kathy, (laughs) which I think is so funny. (laughs) And he said, I have a problem. I was going to become a Christian today, but um, I can't get a hold of the pastor. So if you're real, put him in the church and he turned left like two minutes later on Albion, which was the street that led up to where the church was. So long story short, the pastor was there by just a, I mean, we want to say fluke circumstance, but it was just the Lord, you know, answering and hearing the prayers of his people. And that day he just went into the empty sanctuary. He got down on his knees and he just surrendered everything to Jesus. And the pastor said it looked like a 1000 pound weight had been cut from his shoulders And, Mm -hmm. you know, the pastor, Ron, he just said, it was like witnessing a miracle. You know, I'd never seen a grown man get on his knees like a little child and just surrender and give his life to Jesus. And so from that day forward, he just had this, he had this joy, he had this trust, he had this faith. He had lots of hard times, lots of, you know, as we all do, the highs and lows of life and ministry and relationships and all those things. But that was something that never left him, something that just carried him, his relationship with Jesus. And so... Um, you know, when I look back, I I often think, you know, nothing prepared us for that phone call. And I think when you have been through something traumatic like that, then there's lots of just little places fear will kind of try to take hold of you. And just mm-hmm. recently, actually, just this last weekend, I was just kind of processing some of those um, hard losses that were throughout the journey and just, you know, still had some tears to cry and still had some grief to process. And um, it just felt like um, God was just saying, like, it's, like you can have faith, and and you can still feel, you know, those things kind of um, that are hard. And I think sometimes we just think I have to be strong, I have to be positive, you know, I have to do all those things. But I think the journey with Jesus is is all of the things. And so his um, his life changing encounter in hindsight really prepared me to walk this road of grief, not because all the ducks were in a row or because I saw everything coming, but because I had. God with me. And Mm. if you have God with you, he can be prepared for anything. And so we don't have to be, um, you know, foreseeing the future in order to have that peace.
0: I love in your book, you say my emotions waged war fighting for the most prominent place in my heart, grief and gratitude, despair and hope, sadness and joy, anger and acceptance. Eventually, I Mm -hmm. would learn that the human heart could handle a tension of both. And mm-hmm. you, you beautifully weave that through the story that you've just been telling and mm-hmm. in your book yeah, of how God does, uh, you know, when life is not working, but your faith can mm-hmm. right in the midst of it.
1: Mm-hmm. It absolutely can, especially if you will let God help you navigate through and be with you in both.
0: Well, Stephanie, I want to thank you so much for being here and sharing just a little bit of your story. I hope people get your book, get encouraged by everything that you share. Thanks so much
1: for having me, Sherry.
0: My challenge for you this week is to spend time in God's word, reading verses that I mentioned during the show that talk about how God is a loving father and how you are his child. If you have a strained relationship with your father, make Malachi 4-6 a regular prayer. Follow me on social media or join my subscriber list to keep up on all the details for my upcoming speaking events at Brayside Camp this summer, July 17th to 21st, and then our Women's Conference with the Goodness Project back at Brayside Camp in Paris, Ontario, this September 29th to 30th. From all of us here at Joy Radio, we're so glad you joined us for episode 146 what a good dad looks like. Make sure to check out the show notes for scripture graphics, information about our guest, and links to anything mentioned on the show at soulh ocom forward slash 146. I hope you'll share this episode with your friends and family to help spread the word about Soul H2O. Until next week, I'm praying you stay blessed and refreshed. We appreciate your support to help Soul H2O Ministries continue and want to thank all of you who partner with us in making this Joy Radio show a reality so people can come and get refreshed. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O Podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world.